This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And Matt, it's a Wednesday here in Pittsburgh. And, uh, well, the Steelers making a little bit of news uh, on Tuesday by hiring uh, uh, Frisman Jackson as their wide receivers coach without ever announcing that Ike Hilliard wouldn't be back. Yeah, I was a little shy. I was going to try to run that by you. I was like, what's going on with Ike? I didn't know any news there. Is that a mutual thing? I I, I don't know. Um, I talk about this all the time in the media. I mean, commenting on coordinators to head coaches is hard enough, let alone a new wide receiver coach hiring. However, you were so in happens. Cleveland with him. Exactly. You know, what I know about Brisbane was – I spent a year with him with the Browns. It's not like he's going to remember me or I would recognize him at this point, but the coaches raved about him. I mean, he got everything out of the talent that he was given and was a really hard worker, a very cerebral player. Uh, He was a favorite among players and coaches when I was there back when he was a player many years ago. Yeah. I'd also say this for people uh, wondering about his background. Um, He coached with Matt Canada at Northern Illinois in North Carolina State. He also worked with uh, running backs coach Eddie Faulkner at North Carolina State. His coach is in Cleveland. He was there when Bruce Arians was the offensive coordinator. Hmm. He was there when Terry Robisky was the wide yep, receivers coach. Terry. Right, right, right. Um, you know, so, and he was there several years with Terry Robisky. Yep. On, on Butch was Davis. Our interim head coach when Butch got fired when I was there. Right. Um, yep. So yep. Robisky is a very uh, respected wide receivers coach. Um, highly regarded. And so, you know, you'd think in, you know, spending uh, a few seasons with Terry Robisky, you might learn a little something. That's a good point. Cause I, I was there with Terry again. They, they thought highly enough of Terry to make him the interim head coach when I was there, when Butch got fired, um, kind of a tough Southerner approach, but really grabbed your attention. I'm sure Frisman learned a lot from him and people might remember, I mean, Rubisky's son was a prospect as well. He's an Ohio state guy that, you know, did, did a little bit in the league as well. So. Yeah. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, it comes over from uh, Matt rule staff was also with rule uh, at Baylor um, coached in the NFL previously uh, with the Titans as well. on Mike Malarkey staff. So there were a lot of ties there, uh, obviously with that, that Carolina Panthers, uh, organization right now with the Steelers and then coaching with Mike Malarkey as well. Um, you know, the, the Bruce Arians connection, uh, the, the, you know, the, the connect, connections to other guys on the, who are currently on the staff. So um, a lot of guys to vouch for him, to right. Tomlin right. And the Roonies and, you know, right, right, right. It makes sense. And I'll say this is, is an end of the roster guy who was making it. I mean, he was never a star in the NFL. Um, you know, never, uh, uh, he was never given anything. He was never sure. one of the top 45 players on any roster that he was ever on. Right. 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 I think that's safe to say, I think he understood, he would probably has a, a pretty good understanding of, of what it takes to make it in the league. Um, you know, the special teams aspect of things, how to, how to put the work in, as you said, uh, you know, hard worker. Um, those are the things it's almost like they hired Darius Hayward Bay. Without the without Hayward Bay's yeah. high pro, high profile, I should say, um, you know Hay, Hayward Bay was a was a former first round draft pick. Well, this guy wasn't. This guy was mm-hmm. a former college quarterback turned wide receiver turned you know NFL wide receiver. 
I'm trying to remember. I assume he did. If when, when I was with Frisbee, if he played a high percentage of special teams or not, was he a gunner? Was he a returner? I, he doesn't come across as the returner jitterbug type, but I'm sure he did some, you know, logged some special team snaps. I would imagine again, those guys don't make the roster without it. That's a good point. I mean, that's been a very young room. And as an outsider, I've kind of think that they've missed the Hayward Bay presence a little bit, you know, just to be in the adult in the room type feel. And I'm sure Hilliard provided some of that as well. But, you know, the, the Frisman makes some sense here. Yeah. Um, so that hires uh, now in place. Uh, the Steelers have a few more to make here. We're still waiting on the announcement of uh, Terrell Austin uh, as, as we tape the show here on the Wednesday afternoon uh, as the uh, defensive coordinator. Um, that would then leave an outside linebackers coach that would then leave, uh, you know, the two line line, uh, spots uh, Mm -hmm. as well on Mike Tomlin's staff, assuming, assuming other guys haven't been uh, replaced or, or, or not brought back. And we weren't told that to me is the most, uh, I'm, that doesn't happen that way. I'm kind of shocked by that. Actually. I, you know, when, when the news came out yesterday, when the, when the, the Steelers sent out the press release, I, I immediately started texting people. I'm like, did I miss something here? Did I miss an announcement? Did I, t- <laughs> I kill your, was it going to be back? <laughs> uh, I got, I got a little I paranoid there. Um, you know, so I was told that uh, this came about um, rather quickly. Uh, so, you know, obviously uh, there was talks, you know, there were, talk, you know, conversations were had or, you know, there was, there was some kind of a meeting in the minds. It was best to, depart ways but uh anyways um okay it's super bowl week and that means also a gm opening too by the way well there there is that and there the sealers are continuing to uh to talk to people about that and that that is constantly changing here uh but i did want to talk about what's going to take place thursday night in los angeles matt and that's the uh, nfl honors uh where they announce all the winners of the major awards in the league this year and I, i thought we'd look at at the uh, NFL.com's list, uh, they had their 37 people who, who work there for NFL.com and went in some form or fashion um, do their votes on who they think will win MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, all those, all those different awards. So I thought we'd go over their votes, see if we agree with those or if we uh, disagree with, with where they're going with that. Again, these announcements will be made uh, at, the, at the honors uh, – uh, event at nine o'clock on Thursday night. So we're kind of getting a jump on this here, but um, looking at the MVP real quick before you do, yeah. as usual, you and I didn't rehearse this or plan this out. You know, it's not our style, but it just so happens early this morning, I was on Ross Tucker's podcast and we did the same thing and we didn't, we didn't look at other thoughts. It was like, Matt, who do you think? And then he gave me his guy, and we kind of battled it out. So that was a fun exercise. So I'm on top of this right now. I, I like this conversation. Okay. All right. So the the winner with 18 votes on NFL.com, Aaron Rodgers. Tom he Brady. was my vote. Yeah, that would be my vote as well. Tom Brady got eight votes. Cooper Cup got two. And Matthew Stafford got one. Well, first of all, we should preface this, and I uh, assume this is still the case, but this is a regular season award. You know, Correct. So Stafford and Burrow and these guys that have done well in the postseason should not influence them. And I think the votes were in after the final week of the regular season. Um, Ross was leaning more towards Brady. 
which I got. I thought Rodgers was a little more of a slam dunk. I just thought there was less around him, and everyone's harping on, boy, but he stinks in the playoffs. That doesn't matter. Right. (laughs) This is the regular season award. He was the best player in the league. Right. Pulling the curtain back, the the people who vote on this, the the 50 voters uh, for the Associated Press, and this is an Associated Press award, Mm -hmm. they put their vote in that week after the regular season has ended. Okay. Yeah. Right. So it, nothing that happens in the playoff matters. So I, I, I agree. Yeah. I think we both agree. Aaron Rodgers is the, uh, is the guy and should be the guy there. Yes. Offensive player of the year. This one's a little more interesting. It is. My vote is Cooper cup. I mean, you have a historic wide receiver year and I should preface this. I'm, I'm hesitant to give offensive player of the year to a quarterback. I just think that they dominate MVP. They get to win the MVP award. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. (laughs) So I think Cup was the best offensive player that wasn't a quarterback. He won the the award, uh, the votes here. He got 25 votes. Oh, did he? Okay. My vote would go to Jonathan Taylor. He would be my second. And he he finished second with two votes. Uh, Debo Samuel and Tom Brady tied for third. Okay. Uh, the Brady thing. I mean, I, I, again, I'm not voting for a quarterback. You you missed your shot at the MVP. Yeah, I I just thought that that the if you took Jonathan Taylor off of the, the that out of that Colts offense, they had nothing. Oh yeah, I mean I he mean, was five win team, and he was dominant uh, over the last I don't know twelve games of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cup had a great year. I get it, um, but he also played that seventeenth game, and and that factors into me as well. Um, he, he was great this year. I'm not, I don't want to take anything away from him, uh, but I thought Taylor was as well. Um, I think there's more focus from the Colts opponents to take Taylor away than there is cup. You know, you remember Woods was there for much of the year Then Beckham. They have a formidable run game. I mean, it's harder to focus on cup. Um, I'm glad Debo Samuel at least got mentioned. He wouldn't be my pick, but it's just a tremendous year. And along the Taylor lines, Derrick Henry was kind of on that pace before right. injury, you know, so I just want to throw him out there too. Yeah. Uh, I just think, you know, Taylor's, if you're comparing Henry to Taylor, Taylor gives you more in the passing game too. Uh, oh yeah. I, I yeah. mean, he, he just, he's just a nice, well-rounded player. Um, moving on to defensive player of the year. This one, uh, of course, uh, has a lot of uh, attention here in Pittsburgh. And um, I, I think, uh, I think we're both on the same page on this one. I'm sure. I mean, uh, TJ would get my vote. However, I do think there is an argument to say in a Michael Jordan like fashion, it should just be Aaron Donald. You know, I mean, he was no worse than he's been any other year. He's maybe the best football player on the planet. He's in his prime as an all time great, but the numbers and the case for Watt to me are stronger. Uh, they really are. Um, I will say, and Steelers fans won't like hearing this, and they didn't like when I said it a while back, but week 12, 13 neighborhood, I would have given it to Garrett over Watt, but Garrett really floundered down the stretch. See, I, I, would, I, I would, I disagree. I mean, I thought Watt was just having a better year than Garrett, period. Um, See, I didn't because of the time missed, you know, but it was close at one point. Well, and then, it, you know, Garrett, away from him, Garrett essentially ended up missing the last four weeks of the season, even though he played. Yeah. He's not even the conversation <laughs> now. You know, right. He, See, that was he, the difference he, to me. Their numbers were virtually the same, even though Watt had missed some time. Mm-hmm. He was the more disruptive player or the more productive player, I should say, 
um, per snap, even when they were argue, even yeah. when they were twelve games into the season, and what was what was at yeah. ten games, and, and Garrett was at, at twelve. Um, he was still beating. He was still leading him in, in total sacks at that point. No, I know, I know. I mean, really, since Jump Street, what per snap was the most productive pass rusher in the league? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. Uh, he won. He won the vote of the uh, NFL.com media members. Uh, he got twenty votes. Aaron Donald got seven. Okay. Nick Bosa and Micah Parsons tied for third with one each. Okay. Ross threw out Micah Parsons and said he would have voted for Watt as well. And he made a good point on Parsons, who I have a feeling we're going to be talking about here in a minute, (laughs) is they really stopped rushing the passer with him the final month of the season. You know, once they were healthy up front, he was dropping into coverage an awful lot. Yeah, he, he, he would have made a better case with more sacks and more pass rush opportunities. I, oh, I agree. I agree. Yeah. But, you know, Watt broke the sack record, which is kind of like leading the right. uh, leading Major League Baseball in home runs. You yeah, know? Exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that's, I mean, the, that's, that's the number that, it. you know, you can talk about it. Like, nobody knows who the all-time intercept or who the uh, single-season interception leader is in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I covered a league, and I couldn't tell you who it is. I'm not positive. Yeah, it really. Um, you know, touchdown passes. Every you know, you can. Yeah, okay. People know that. Um, sack sacks, leaders, certainly. Yeah, yeah, sack leaders. People know that. I mean, it, it, it's a it's a high profile uh, statistic, and you know, what set the record at. You know, it it, it was a phenomenal season. Uh, Twenty two and a half sacks no in fifteen question. games is is uh, ridiculous. Uh, offensive rookie of the year. Oh, go ahead. Last thing, I apologize. Yeah. You mentioned interceptions. The last thing I want to throw out there is I'm glad Diggs didn't get any votes. Yeah. Uh, that, to me, that yeah. means the panel's pretty well informed. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can't you can't give up a thousand receiving yards, right, <laughs> and win that award. I'm sorry. He just certainly he just should. Can't. Uh, offensive rookie of the year. Uh, two guys got votes. Jamar right, Chase. Jim- Jamar yeah. Chase got 28, and Jalen Waddle got one. Oh, I, I thought Mac Jones would have been the one that got votes, just because he's a quarterback, he's a Patriot. Um, I, too, I think we'd all vote for Chase. Waddle was tremendous. Not as much of an impact, though. I mean, many of his catches were, I don't want to say empty calories, but at the line of scrimmage, you know, I mean, I think he's going to be a tremendous player. It's a good rookie class, including Najee and Devontae Smith. And uh, I think Javante Williams is going to be a great player. And I really think this quarterback class hasn't yet shown its stripes, you know, that Fields and Lance and Lawrence are all have really bright futures still. Um, I am a little surprised Mac Jones didn't get a little love, but Chase to me is the slam dunk. Well, again, this is this is the same thing that happens with the MVP vote. You get one vote. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so it's if it's a if it's a situation like this, I mean, Chase finished the the regular season. Uh, his last couple of games were he had monster games, and and so that was fresh in everybody's mind. And, and Mac Jones started ended badly. And he ended badly. That's what I was right, just going right, to say. Right. He just oh, didn't, sorry. Yeah, so he struggled down the stretch, and and uh, um, you know, pulled I, away. Really pulled away that last month or so. Yeah, I, I thought I thought Chase uh, and Waddle. He's he played well down the stretch as well, mm-hmm. uh, but but not to the level of Chase. No, no. I mean, he really separated himself. He looks like a special player. Yeah. Uh, defensive rookie of the year. This was a unanimous selection. It has um, to be. Yeah. I mean, I 
I don't, I don't know who else you, you would even consider. Uh, I know. I, again, I don't do much work before I do any of these podcasts, whether it's with you or whatever, because I'm, I'm always thinking about football all day, every day. And I remember when I was this morning, when I went on with Ross, I'm thinking, I hope he doesn't ask me who's second. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't even know. I mean, of course, it's Micah Parsons. I'm like, uh, Holland was a nice player for Miami. Phillips was okay for them. Like, yeah, I mean, runner up. I don't even know. There were some, some, okay. Some guys had some decent okay, years, guys, and, yeah. you know, right, right. Um, you know, but it just wasn't to the level. I'm um, just looking here at that, at that draft. Um, you know, JC takes Horn, a while until, yeah. JC Horn got hurt. Sertain right. got hurt, got hurt. Um, you know, they were the other top defensive players. To, in fact, they were the top two defensive players taken. Uh, everybody else ahead of them in the first eight picks were offensive players. Right. Right. It's not, it wasn't a great defensive draft at the top. Yeah. And I mean, Zavin's wasn't even considered the slam dunk number one. Yeah. Zavin Collins didn't play a lot. Uh, no. Davis had, had 48 tackles. You know, that's, that's okay. Eric okay, Stokes, yeah. I guess you could say was Stokes was good. Was was pretty good. Um the two Dolphins to me, I thought were in the conversation for number two. Yeah, yeah. Holland, uh, as you mentioned, was would be there. Uh Ojolari had eight sacks this year. He oh, did he? Bad. I didn't realize yeah. he ended up with that man. Yeah, no, he's a keeper. Yeah. I mean, so maybe give him a little bit, but it's still not what part of close. Did. Yeah. Yeah, it's not even close. I mean, what I think is interesting, and we'll you know, we'll do a lot of mock drafts and stuff as we already have. I've seen some people mocking linebackers to Dallas, you know, a guy like Dean. <laughs> well, they seem or, to like to collect them. <laughs> they do seem to kind of collect them. But, you know, to Ross's point, would they be better served just saying, hey, Micah, you're an edge rusher now. Forget about everything else. Or drafting an edge rusher and letting Parsons be what they drafted him to be. Right, right, right. I mean, he's capable of all the above, which is and the of them. Uh, yeah. I think, about I think what he might be. In fact, we did our, our, our mock draft for Steelers.com that, that I will release next week. Yeah, um, yeah. And that was my thinking with that position. I, I had them taking an edge rusher. I'm not going to say who yet. Oh, did you? Okay. Just to allow them to kind of use Parsons as a as a the, the queen on the chessboard. Mm-hmm. Um, then you still have the opportunity to rush him off the edge if you want. Sure. Or you can, you know, bring him up the middle, let him, let him drop into coverage, do the things that you drafted him to do. People forget they put him at edge rusher because everybody else got hurt. Yeah, right, right, right. And now, he began his football life as an edge rusher, but he's underdeveloped there. You know, yeah, and right. Ross's point was, well, what if we can just let him do that and develop some pass rush moves and counters, but the sky's the limit. And versatility is great, but I think both of you guys have a really strong point of maybe do one or the other instead of both. Right, right, yeah. Great player, though. Easy um, just selection. again, just having the ability to to do different things with him, as mm-hmm. opposed to, uh, I mean, I just think he's a football player. What I find interesting is I've already heard at this draft cycle, a lot of analysts are like, "Well, who's the next Micah Parsons?" You know, <laughs> I don't know that that's going to be something that you can just find left and right. I think he's pretty unique. Yeah, he might be a unicorn. Um, yeah. that, that's there's always that possibility. Comeback player of the year. This one to me. Um, I, I, I don't know I, I, who they voted for. Who do you, who would you have voted for? Well, again, I had this conversation earlier today and the two names I came up with were Burrow and Dak. And I preface it by saying, I kind of don't like this award. Cause what are you coming back from? Is it always have right. to be an injury? Sometimes guys come back from a down year, which basically is kind of a 
backhanded compliment, like you kind of stunk last year and now you got back <laughs> to being okay. I gave it to Burrow and I didn't factor in the postseason, you know. And yeah. I just thought Dak wasn't all wasn't himself post injury. You end up having a calf and you know, he, he fought through some some things. I expect Dak to look like Dak next year when he's a little further removed from the injury. And Burrow's injury is pretty substantial and it was late in the year. See, I would have voted for Dak Prescott, and here's why. Okay. What was Burrow coming back from? Mm-hmm. How can you be comeback player of the year when you've only played 10 games in the NFL? Yeah, right, right, right. What's, you know, the, what's so, the baseline? Well, yeah, what is, what's the baseline? I don't know if we ever saw it. Um, you know, people talking about, well, he came back so much stronger and fat. You don't know that for sure. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he could have been this, he could have been this guy all along. He just didn't have the same talent around him last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the fact of the matter is, is he played 10 games last year as a rookie, whereas Dak Prescott was, was an established NFL player, got hurt and came back from that. Yeah. Hence being comeback player of the year. <laughs> And I don't know if this is supposed to factor in. Again, I'm not big on this award in general, but Dak's injury was gruesome. You know, yeah. I mean, it was, oh, yeah. I mean, it was a, a scary one that you don't want your kids to watch type, you know, injury. Like, so uh, it, it carries a lot of weight. I, I'm sure there's many others, you know, like. Right, right. There's probably some, some offensive, offensive, linemen, offensive linemen and guys of that <laughs> right, nature right, right. who never win this kind of award because, well, they're not high profile players. Right. Again, I'm not big on this award. I mean, yeah. I guess it's a good way to recognize someone that overcame a hardship, but I don't know. I, I'm not big on it. Yeah. Uh, Coach of the year. There were three uh, three guys that got votes. Okay. It was, this was actually the, the this was the closest vote. I went a little outside the box here. Like Ross was shocked when I said Sean Payton. Um, and my thought was kind of on a Tomlin vein was you almost got the Saints to the postseason without a passing game. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, yeah. like the, they could have easily bottomed out with a low-level coach. Much like the Steelers, you know, uh, a couple times in the last couple of years, you know, the, the non-Roethlisberger year. Or I think Tomlin's in the hunt for this one even this year, too, to get yeah, that. He, will, he won't get any votes, but he, he, no. finished, he finished 9-7-1 and one with this team. Uh, that was dead last stopping the run. Yeah. That was what fat offense 29th running the football. I mean, most of the time when that, when those kind of numbers happen to a team, you go, you you're lucky to win six games. Right, right, right. I don't think people look at coach of the year that way. Like who maximized what they had. And in a way, I even think Baltimore's in that conversation. Like if you're going to overcome all those things and at least be in the hunt late in the year, like the saints, uh, that's why I always talk about that Tomlin, Harbaugh, Peyton level coach. Like you can throw a lot of bad stuff at them and they still can hover around 500. That's yeah, they, they find a way. Um, yep. That being said, my vote would have gone to who won the award, according to the NFL.com voters, Mike Vrabel. Yeah, it was right. He did a lot of the same stuff. I he mean, he, he overcame the loss of, of every, you know, when we went into the season, when the season started, oh my God, look at this, look at this Titans offense. You know, it's, it's Derrick Henry, it's Julio Jones, it's, it's, it's uh, Brown. Yeah, Brown right. um, he, they didn't have those guys for most of the year. They played like chunks. 150 snaps together. Right. And yet they <laughs> still had the number, they still had the top record in the AFC. Um, again, this is a regular season award. I just, I think he did an outstanding job this year. Yeah, uh, there's a strong case for him, and I think he will win it. 
Um, I also think that team has really taken on his tough guy persona, both sides of the ball. They're very, very physical, both lines of scrimmage, defense improved. Um, I also think, too, like Steelers played the Titans at one point this year, and our folks that are listening, that Titans team that the Steelers saw was really decimated, and the fact that that franchise got the first overall seed in the AFC after watching that game is pretty remarkable. Yeah, I mean, they kept their head above water, um, winning just enough. I mean, they beat the Rams. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they beat Kansas City. They beat Buffalo. I mean, they, they, they did some things this year. They had some great wins and some terrible losses. They lost yeah. to the Jets and I think Houston. But Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Zach Ta- helps a little bit too. Yeah, Zach Taylor got 13 votes to finish second. And Matt LaFleur got two votes to finish third. Okay, I- I'll take Peyton over my two guys, those two guys. Yeah, no, I agree as uh, I agree as well. Uh, but that's going to do it for this segment. Um, we're going to take a break when Matt and I come back. Uh, Lance Zierlein did a uh, mock draft. I'd like to talk about that. Lance uh, works for the NFL.com as well. We will do that right after this. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. <laughs> 